0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Brew Bar.
1: So I just like, just start saying it. Shants and Chew are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. That. Okay. Shants and Chew are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language.
0: Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is a teachable moment. My name is Michael Schatz. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me from I'll Say Chew to a T Fitness is Lady Chew.
1: Hey. Say hello. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm great. This movie was refreshing than obviously what we usually do.
0: Great. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking, by the way, about the 2007 film Lars and the Real Girl. We were doing Man of the House Chew, and our good friend Kelly Garner is back from that movie as Margot in this movie. And I, when we watched that movie, I said, oh, that's got to be our next teachable moment, because this was a movie when I saw it in 2007 that just reached out and grabbed my heart and I've been singing its praises ever since.
1: It's so good. Right? It's so good. Yeah.
0: Isn't it just the most charming movie?
1: It, it made me laugh literally out loud, like cracked up. It made my heart break in a good way and made me sad it was so good.
0: I just love it so much and part of the reason I wanted to do it for a teachable moment like look this movie only had a budget of 12 million dollars but sadly it only made 5.9 million dollars in the USA and a total of 11.2 million cumulatively worldwide I see. so not a lot of people have seen this movie or know about it and, they and I want to fix that yeah yes. Uh, luckily, it did get nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for Best Screenplay for Writing.
1: Oh, And
0: deserved. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm a big proponent of, because Best Picture nom- nominees can be quite political and to the whims of dollars. Yeah. You know, popular movies tend to get nominated for Best Picture. Not always, but, you know, movies that, people see a lot and but if you really want to know what the actual best movies of the year are look towards the writing nominations because that's normally where it's at Yeah. and this movie is directed by Craig Gillespie who has done plenty of stuff we know Mr. Woodcock Million Dollar Arm sorry Chew plenty of stuff I know
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was like I don't know <laughs> <nope. laughs> we're 0 for 2 already The
0: Finest Hours just came out a few years ago. Fright Night was a remake of a great 80s movie. Have you seen Fright Night with, have you seen the remake?
1: Is that the one with um, Colin Farrell? Yeah, yeah. No. Of course not. (laughs) I really enjoy, like, you mentioning a movie and be like, you know this movie and be like, oh, that's with so-and-so. Oh, you've seen it? No. Nope. So I really I get you a little bit and you're like oh no, I haven't seen that.
0: Pull the rug out from underneath yep. me. Like a dick. How about I Tanya? I didn't see it. Ah, chew, that's a good movie.
1: I believe it. I like it, that movie. But I feel like it would stress me out. Is the best way I can put it.
0: <laughs> Were you a overburdened figure <laughs> skater as a child? <laughs>
1: <laughs> really hit home. Growing up in the <laughs> desert in 120 degree weather, I really, uh, I really connected with that movie.
0: <laughs> so is it the cold that, <laughs> that dissuades you? Is that what you don't like?
1: No, I don't know. I think it's her relationship with oh, her mom.
0: Fantastic.
1: Which I had a good relationship with my mom, so I, I'm not relating it on on that respect. But just her relationship with her, I think that would stress me out watching it.
0: Yeah. Well, Academy Award-winning performance, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Allison Janie, right? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, she's good. Janney. Janney. I think Janney. Sorry, Allison. I love her. She's in West Wing.
0: Oh, love it. Yeah. CJ Craig, just the best.
1: Truly. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, okay, so what movie are we listening to? I don't know. Right. We've talked about five movies. <laughs> <laughs> that aren't the ones we're actually we actually watched.
0: We're five minutes in. <laughs> but I am pleased as punch that you liked this movie.
1: I can't I can't say enough good things about it. It was literally it was kinda like everything you would want in a movie. Unless you're like super into action, you're not gonna get any of that. But if you're a fan of mm-hmm ryan gosling and one of his
0: best performances
1: absolutely
2: yeah
1: he god he played this character perfectly so charmingly awkward mm-hmm. and so funny in the beginning at the church scene where Margot's trying to talk to him <laughs> and he <laughs> throws the flower, the flower and then runs away i died it was so goddamn funny
0: and there's something really magical in that moment, because there's actually a continuity error, too. But for some reason, it works, because he's handed the flower in his right hand. Yeah. And then Margot says, hi, Lars. And he turns around right after he's been told, give this flower to to somebody nice by uh, Mrs. What's her name? Gruner. Mm-hmm. He says, give this to somebody nice. And, of course, Margo's right behind him and says, hi, Lars. And he turns around, and now it's in his left hand. And just the way he crosses (laughs) his body and whips it away every single time it gets me. I laugh out loud every single time.
1: absolutely. It was so damn funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. Like, look, we're all still in lockdown. It hasn't been a great year. Of course when you hear this we're going to be deep into 2021 but Yeah, but
1: hopefully we're not we're in still re- locked down then. I might yeah, <laughs> might lose it.
0: I <laughs> might lose my shit. <laughs> but we're recording this in in the uh beginning of a brand new year and this is the kind of movie if you're feeling down this is a movie that'll lift you up.
1: Absolutely. I needed this. Right? Yeah. I needed
0: it. Because it's just, it's a movie, I keep using the word charming, but more than anything, this movie is about kindness and community and friendship and love. And I don't know how you don't, I don't know how you cannot watch this movie and fall in love with every single character in it.
1: Absolutely. Everyone comes together to support this man who is having, uh, sh- you know, shall we say a, a slight mental breakdown.
0: Yeah, delusion. The delusion.
1: Right. And, you know, everyone's a little weirded out at first. And then, boom, everyone's on board. Right. Like, whatever we got to do to make him feel better or make him feel included, we'll do. And that's exactly Well, what let's happened.
0: play the game, Chu. Uh, why don't you tell our audience <laughs> the plot of this movie
1: Um, young slightly socially awkward man uh, feels the need to fill a void in his life and buys a love doll and has conversations with her she turns completely real in his mind and the whole town and his family get behind it and treat her like a real person.
0: Yeah. And Good job. That was pretty that was good. good. That might have been I my think best, one yet. best one. That was your best one yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at me growing. Wow. I'm
0: gonna have you start writing film reviews for the site.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine how fucked <laughs> up they would be? People would be like, I can't I can't post this. It's great.
0: <laughs> We can watch your growth <laughs> over time.
1: Yeah. The early ones would be the funnest.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, th- this is a project we may have to start.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll start writing them out beforehand. Just start typing whenever it feels good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the thing that I love, one of the things I love the most about this movie because this movie is, if you're, if you're told the... The pitch of this movie, a young man buys a sex doll. I There's yeah. there's so many jokes that come to mind just with that framing. Yeah, you right?
1: immediately think it's going to be a completely different movie. You're right. And I don't think he ever ends and up having sex with her.
0: No, ever, no. never. Sex is not a part of this movie at no. all. It's not a part of their relationship. And that therein lies the magic of this movie because this movie is about compassion and acceptance and tolerance. And these are all things. I think that's why, especially right now, the movie works so well is because these are things we could use more of.
1: Oh my God. Totally. How refreshing, especially the end. You know, you think Lars and his brother Gus, you know, you think his brother Gus is going to be a dick towards the end and maybe they'll have a falling out or whatever, but no, it, it turns out okay. Uh, Just well, loved it.
0: and Gus is played by Paul Schneider, who, even if you don't know him, you know him. He started off on early episodes of Parks and Rec.
2: Yeah,
0: and he's in The Family Stone. I, this is an actor. I want everybody in this movie. When I first saw it, I wanted. I wanted this movie. More Academy Award nominations. I wanted Best Director, Best Actor for him, Best Supporting Actor for Paul Schneider, Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress for Emily Mortimer and Kelly Gardner, probably. Yeah. And Patricia Clarkson is just amazing as Dagmar, the Doctor in this movie.
1: She's so good.
0: She's amazing.
1: I literally, like, I. Tr- obviously it's a movie and I'm I'm just the viewer but I trusted her I wanted to have a conversation with her I wanted to know that character she did such a good job
0: yeah I mean I wanted to I wanted I want to know everybody in that town basically
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know I just you know the the Yep, you know, like most people say 80% of making a good movie is casting. And for me, it like 95% of what makes this movie work is they got the exact right actor in the exact right role for every single role in this movie. Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: This might be my favorite thing Ryan Gosling has ever done.
0: Yeah. Right,
1: I, was, I haven't seen every one of his movies, I'm sure. No, of course yeah.
0: not you. Don't be <laughs> ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I've barely seen any movies in comparison to, to you. But he was perfect. He was Lars.
0: Like yeah.
1: everything from the way he spoke well, the way, to his eye, uh-huh. the blinking, you know, mm-hmm. I. God, it was perfect.
0: And you know everything about that character in the first frames of the movie. First of all, how about the music? The music in the movie is just perfect.
1: I didn't pay attention to it.
0: You didn't? Sorry. Oh, you, you, know how, well, it, like, you know how insightful I am. Come on. Pay, cho- paying it.
1: attention to detail.
0: Jeez. Fucking grievance.
1: <laughs> Shall we?
0: <laughs> but when he's in the garage, which is been made into his apartment Mm -hmm. essentially off of the main house and Emily and he's just looking out the window and Emily Mortimer as Karen comes out and he he sees her and he gets a little wide-eyed and he takes a step away from the window (laughs) and she knocks on the door and he's not such a recluse that he's going to just hide from her yeah but he opens up the door and she invites him to breakfast he says no I can't I got to go to church. And she says, well, after and and also like such amazing work from her. You can see how much his sister-in-law cares for and loves him and.
1: Yeah.
0: And is reaching out to him. But you have these little moments and these moments are peppered throughout the entire movie where he. He says he's worried about the the little baby and, and it gives him her his blanket. Yeah. And she's trying to get him to come to breakfast. Meanwhile, he's just saying, can you just put it on your...
1: Can you put it on? Put it
0: all the way on, you know? (laughs) And that lets you know, right? I mean, you might not understand yet the extent to how worried he is about this new baby coming. But this gives you a clue that This is just one small clue as to where his mindset is and his mindset is on this new baby coming. And that's sort of the catalyst for all of this behavior because his mom died giving birth to him. And I think it's remarkable that as sad as that sounds, he's playing that moment in all sincerity but also for comedy and the comedy comes out I, I, it's just amazing yeah.
1: Come on. that opening scene i related so much to that especially now like if you knock on the door i'm not gonna answer i'm gonna mm-hmm. hide exactly how he did but then even it was that slight those small details where he had the blanket across his mouth and I don't know why yeah. I'm like, God, I know exactly what that feels like and how comforting that is. It was so weird.
0: Like swaddling yourself. Yeah,
1: Not yeah. weird on his part, but I understood. I'm like, Ooh, that's like comforting. You, you know, you have it on your mouth or whatever. And then he's awkward and distant, you know, <laughs> okay. with his sister-in-law and I, I just related to a couple things in that scene and he was so good.
0: He's just like, right from the start, of this movie you feel like oh I'm in good hands yeah everybody's firing on all cylinders and just his work life because he well oh but before work life we do see him at church and you watch Margot fall in love with him trying to put that toy back up on the banister yeah again just like another (laughs) magic moment it just I mean gets me every time and he was
1: so Embarrassed and mortified that he had made a even slight commotion in church, but nobody looked. Like nobody, right. nobody cared. It was just him, you know, overreacting about this. Yeah, he was.
0: But Margot's reaction to it is just perfect, priceless, and yeah. wonderful. And then right after that is the flower scene, which we already talked about, which is just. <laughs>
1: If anybody is going to watch this movie for no other reason, it just needs to be that scene. It's so damn funny. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. It's so (laughs) fucking great.
1: Uh, I did notice...
0: Oh, no, a woman!
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did notice, you know, he seems to stutter with his words and um, he seems uncomfortable when he talks to women. But then, when he talks to um, his brother, the guy he works with, he just seems like a normal guy. Like that, that difference in communication. Did you notice that? Like he just, he yeah, just seems so uncomfortable. Well, with but than with men.
0: I mean, there's an uncomfortableness all the way through, but he can, you know. Romantic entanglements are clearly a
1: yeah, a, a, an issue. A
0: worry, yeah. yeah. But even with with men too, with his with his partner in the in the office, when he starts playing his music, and you could see how that set him off right away. Like he banged on the table and he said, "Hey, hey, would you put the headphones on, please?"
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I mean, he was gonna have a full mental breakdown. Yeah. And so it's all there. Look, let's take a break and when we come back, we'll we'll get into when the doll appears. How's that sound? Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll be right back. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch The Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, The beer professional and Stephen Weiss, self proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life, and Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook, check them out on Instagram. Find them, you're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows, So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we're back. Chew and I are here discussing the teachable moment of a 2007 film, Lars and the Real Girl. Okay, Chew. Well... We said we were going to get to the doll when we got back. But I do want to talk about this one scene when. I think it's the same day when he comes back from church, but it's night and Karen comes running out and he gets out of his car panicked, thinking something's wrong with the baby. She's like, oh, honey, no, it's okay," And he's, you know, he's sitting there like turning away from her saying, oh, you scared me. You scared me. But she says, Come to dinner, and he goes, No, I can't. And she jumps on top of him and tackles him to the ground.
2: <laughs> and,
0: and I just love that in like with his face into the dirt, he says, I have other plans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then finally just concedes and says, Okay. Right. Yeah. It was But good.
0: that dinner is really you know, says a lot about his regression mentally because he's barely eating his food. He won't speak at all. He can't wait to get out. And, you know,
2: yeah,
0: out he goes, back to the garage. And the next day at work, the, the friends looking at sex dolls and talking about how they're anatomically correct. And then I love that, you know, you see this title card come up outside of the garage the next day that says six weeks later.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so here's Bianca. Uh, and from yeah. the moment Bianca arrives, he doesn't look depressed anymore. No. You know, when he goes when he goes to the front door of, of, of Karen and Gus's, you know, of the house. And I love that moment when he says, because uh, Gus opens the door and he says, is Karen going to come to the door? And like <laughs> points to the door, to, to the threshold. <laughs> and just the moment where, I the whole, that, that whole sequence is just really great because they, he tells them that he met somebody online and they think it's great, and, you know. Yeah,
1: they're so excited. And she says,
0: Oh, there's like her excitement is so palpable in yeah. that scene when she's clapping and I, uh, you know, just give us a half hour to get ready.
1: Yeah, she's excited followed. about the new towels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have new towels.
0: <laughs> and it's all followed by that one establishing shot of
1: them on the couch of Bianca
0: and them just thunderstruck. <laughs> It's amazing.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably handle it the way they did.
0: Well, and that's the thing is because everything feels so emotionally honest in the movie because which is, you know, she says, "Well, let me just get things started in the kitchen. Gus, can you help me?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he's stomping around the kitchen like, oh my god, oh my god, my brother—he's my brother's crazy. He's in great. What do we do? What do we do? And she's—and she has this great moment where he—she has to tell him, just comp, comp, knock it off, knock it off, stop
1: it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. You go, I don't know how we're gonna get through this. I don't either. And she hands him two salad bowls, <laughs> right. and she takes two. <laughs> it's like Karen, Karen, she's not gonna eat. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, it was so fucking good. amazing. Did you notice, by the way, that Bianca's face changes throughout the movie?
1: Maybe a little bit, yeah. But I just I when if I we thought first see
0: her, it. she she kind of has what could only d- be described, I guess, as you know, kind of slutty clothing, and she's got like the yeah. big rouge and like the bright pink lips, and you know, in true sex doll fashion. But he lets them know that Bianca is from Brazil, but has also Danish ancestry <laughs> and is paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair and doesn't speak a lot of Bianca's English. Bianca's
1: got a whole history. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's amazing.
1: Doesn't speak any English, Lars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this is when we meet Dagmar. So they take her to the hospital. Under the guise of, you know, lots of change in weather, let's let's get her checked out. And we meet Dagmar, who is a physician, but also a psychologist, because apparently you have to be when you're living in the upper northern part of Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. Was it in (laughs) Wisconsin?
0: Well, I see license plates that say Wisconsin. I think it was shot somewhere in, like, Canada.
1: I was picturing, like vermont or new hampshire or connecticut or something Ah. i don't know what do i know (laughs) (laughs) um it's fucking cold either way yeah Yeah. um i would have and i texted you this while i was watching it i would have killed for the bloopers on the bit the first like third of the movie Mm -hmm. oh my god like how did anybody get through a scene like holy shit like the whole well, I
0: remember watching like a behind the scene things where even the actors were considered bianca a real person and that bianca took the most time to like get out of her trailer and get hair done like she <laughs> bianca always needed touch ups before they're all just standing around you know
1: that's good
0: fucking amazing
1: well, I mean, even as the movie goes on, obviously, as the audience, you understand what's going on. But you still start to think as the movie progresses, you still start to think a little bit of Bianca as an actual character. And there, as, you know, the town goes along with it as well. But you, Bianca starts to have become like this entity.
0: So seeing Dagmar and this is where this well, this is where the family finds out. What's going on and what they have to do.
1: Yeah. And his brother Gus is like, nope, not going to happen.
0: Yeah. This is one of my favorite things in the whole movie is watching Gus go through the five stages of grief.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know? Because he is not having it at the beginning. And he even has, you know, at the beginning of this movie, he's even winning $5 from his wife by betting that Lars won't show up for breakfast or dinner, you know? And when Bianca shows up, he is arms folded and saying, this is not my fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. And so, so, so his character arc, to me is really fantastic and remarkable.
1: Yes. Because I wanted to like him. And if he wasn't going to have a big arc, I was going to be pissed about it. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm glad that he grew towards the end of the movie and their relationship seems to be a little bit more whole towards the end. Uh, But yeah, he's not having any of this Bianca shit at all. And Karen, sweet Karen, oh, yeah. she's like, okay, so how... She asked the perfect question. Okay, what can we do to help? And mm-hmm. Gus is just like Stonewall. Don't, don't want anything to do with it. This is fucking nuts. Well,
0: the great part about that scene, too, is she asks that and Dagmar says, go along with it. And Gus is like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And he has that great line when he says, yeah, and everybody's going to think he's... What does he say? Crazy or crazy
1: or nuts, but he's like, everyone's gonna laugh at him. And then Dagmar's like And they're also gonna laugh at you. (laughs) Yeah. And you too. (laughs) (laughs) Like too fucking bad.
0: Well, this is one of the great things I think about the movie is because it happens to the audience too, the natural progression of seeing Bianca sitting at the table while he's eating his, her food for her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I got that.
0: (laughs) You know, and how, how literally how inanimate she is and how much you, how much she grows on you as a character, just like she does for the entire town. That's one of the great things about this movie that I love so much.
1: And they had, you know, I love these, a good montage, like a, um, you know, kind of like a fixer upper montage kind of thing. But the whole town starts to get involved in Bianca's life and comes up, you know, makes jobs for her activities, working with the community, Mm -hmm. getting a haircut. I'm like, Oh, I fucking love that shit. That was good.
0: Yeah. When miss Mrs. Gruder comes up to him in church and says, Bianca would like to volunteer at the hospital.
1: (laughs) And then he asks her, he's like, what about your blood pressure?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and a lot of that stuff. Like Ryan Gosling improvised a lot of stuff. Um, He improvised a visit to Dagmar at the hospital. When she says that he needs to bring her once a week for treatment, mm-hmm. and tells him because her blood pressure is high, and he goes, "Is that serious? Like, does she really need to come?" She goes, "Yes." And all of that's in the script, but the moment where he kind of leans back and then leans forward towards Bianca and says, "It's okay, mine's probably high too," <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: that's all it improvised. Was so good, and. You know, when he's taking her to the party and taking the wheelchair up the stairs, and he's saying it's scientifically proven that everybody likes everybody's favorite word is their (laughs) own name. That's all improvised. (laughs) Everything that was outside of the door. He improvised bringing uh, Margot's bear back to life through CPR.
1: Perfect. (laughs) How could you not fall in love with him at
0: that moment? Come on. Well, let's talk about all the secondary characters. And well, I want to talk about Margot because I, I love Kelly Garner in this movie so much. And I love that character. Yeah,
1: she's so sweet.
0: Oh, my God. She's she great. She steals
1: the, uh, the What's-His-Face's uh, action figures. And mm-hmm. even her interactions with Lars even the nonverbal actions are so good. Like you can really see that how much she likes him and how kind of hurt she is by uh, she she's hurt, but she also just empathize sympathizes, you know, with his position and stuff and feels bad that he's in pain and having to cope this way.
0: That moment in church when she first sees Bianca, And everybody sits, but she's in still shock.
1: standing
0: <laughs> in shock and looking at. Oh, it's so good!
1: Like that's got to be hard, you know. You have this huge crush on somebody, and you care about them, and then they drop this bomb on you, like I'm in love with a doll, or I'm having a delusion that I'm in love with a doll, and you're just like, what, <laughs> what, what?
0: Right. Well, and I think that's like. The remarkable thing for me about this movie is it's a it's a serious high-wire act. Yeah. I mean, they are walking a line and all the, you know, multiple lines at the same time and they do them all so deftly. The idea of just bringing a sex doll into the movie. Yeah. But sex is never a part of it and it's more about acceptance and community and all of that is remarkable. The idea that he falls in love with Bianca, the doll, but the arc of him wanting to be with margot that, you know, in a movie that's completely about him being yeah. in love with a doll seems like a really tough road to travel. And they do it perfectly to me. How his relationship grows with Margot, the boyfriend that he's like not very <laughs> he doesn't like Yeah, he's her jealous with.
1: like he hasn't. You know, you kind of get an idea that maybe he likes her, too, even though Bianca comes into the picture. But then he clearly gets jealous and kind of protective about uh, her Margot's boyfriend. And we're like, OK, so mm-hmm. obviously there's something else there. Yeah,
0: there are feelings. Yeah. But he had no way before Bianca, he had no way of being able to right. express those feelings. He couldn't have done it. No matter how much she wanted him to. So it's only through Bianca that he could learn to love Margot. Come on. (laughs) It's so fucking good.
1: And I kept, I kept thinking, I'm like, fuck, is he gonna, is he gonna end up having sex with Bianca? And I kept thinking, I hope not, not because I felt weird Mm -hmm. about somebody having sex with a sex doll. Like, I don't give a shit, you know, to each their own. But I didn't want that for this movie. Go nuts! Like I didn't want it for this story. I think right. would have changed it completely. And I'm, I'm just so glad they they did it the way they did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite? What are your favorite scenes?
1: Um. Beside, uh, besides from the flower church scene, um, mm-hmm. there was. The scene where Karen and Gus are giving Bianca a bath, and then they just start—they she flops right. face down in the water, and then they just kind of leave her there. And I kept thinking, I would need to fix Bianca. Like, can somebody fix Bianca? She's drowning. She's drowning. Right. Um, I loved the uh, the sessions with Dagmar. She slowly starts.
0: Every time she's in this movie, it's fucking she's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, because what you discover, the, the, the one of the greatest scenes is when, and you can see how her mind's working as the character, as, as the doctor, and how she just gently pulls Lars yeah. in.
1: She does you know, the perfect thing t- every time. And she's so compassionate. Oh, every
0: time. And
1: so gentle with her actions. Um, and her words, I oh God, I thought they were perfect together.
0: Yeah, because what I love is Lars starts talking about Karen and how she's too affectionate yeah. and always hugging people. <laughs> you know, he says I think it's because she's insecure. But Dagmar is able to say, Well, this is pretty, you know, kind of personal. Maybe you should keep it to yourself. And he goes, No, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> and then You know, she says, well, let's get you something to read. He goes, no, it's all right. And then he starts talking about how it's painful to be touched by other people. Yeah. And there's little moments of this throughout the whole movie when he goes to church, I think, for the first time with Bianca and the priest tries to put a hand out on his shoulders and he ducks it. Yeah. And when Bianca gets sick later in the movie and they take her to the emergency room And the nurse is trying to kind of shuffle him off in another direction and his hands go up and and he doesn't want to be touched.
2: Yeah.
0: And but just the way that Dagmar is able to. First of all, coax that information out of him. Yeah. And then letting him know we can't change Karen, but I can help you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And these moments of like a single finger on his arm and then all four fingers. And he says, it's not bad. I can take that. (laughs) You know, you
1: know. And then towards the end of the movie where Bianca's in the hospital and Dagmar's there and she's standing next to Lars and she actually has her hand under his arm like to comfort him. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to notice at all. And so there's automatically that comfortability with Dagmar that she can touch him. She can, you know, show him some platonic, uh, affection and, um, yeah.
0: But through, you know, hard work. Yeah, that
1: didn't happen overnight.
0: But also, again, through friendship and caring and... I mean, I suppose it's in the gut, you know, I suppose it's part of of her job as being a doctor. But you you get and understand the depth to which she cares. Yeah. All right. Chew, we're going to take another break. And then we'll come back and we'll finish up. Talking about Lars and the Real Girl. Deal? Okie dokie. Excellent.
2: If you're anything like me, you spend the majority of the day wondering whether you want coffee, beer, or wine. Whichever way you fall, Brew Bar has you covered. Located in the heart of Third Avenue Village in glorious downtown Chula Vista, California, which is also my neck of the woods, Brew Bar is a coffee shop, bar and eatery rolled into one delightful package. Tim and Alex run the place and let me tell you listeners, these guys know their coffee. And after you've been in their company, so will you. They turn me on to pour over and it's literally all I drink now. If for some crazy reason you don't want to try the best coffee in the world, they've got espresso drinks, all kinds of teas, and even coffee cocktails. You heard me. Coffee tails. And we're just getting started. Bottle service on craft beer and wine, alcoholic and caffeinated potions, an all-day food menu with plenty of vegan options. All served up in an atmosphere hip enough to know you're getting the best quality, but not too hip that you feel the need to drive to 7-Eleven and get a bucket of brown swill. Brew Bar. It's the best place to be for beer, wine, coffee and tea. And if you go, you might even see me.
0: And we are back again. Chu and I are here talking about the teachable moment, Lars and the Real Girl. Chew, I could just, I could talk about this movie all day long. I mean, I was asking you what your favorite scenes were earlier, but <laughs> for me, it's like every scene is a great fucking scene. Yeah, I. F- That's one of the things I love about this movie is that there doesn't seem to be a single frame out of place.
1: Agreed. Like everything had a purpose. Yeah. For the story.
0: Everything tells you. You know, we're either revealing character or pushing story forward or revealing relationships, which is what you're supposed to do. You know, yeah. That's what's supposed to it's that's supposed what, to what to your happen. writing is supposed to do. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And it's just for me, it's one of those movies that doesn't have a flaw. Single word out of place. Yeah. I mean, we were, you know, And even when there's not words, you know, the the party scene moment where he looks over to Bianca and sort of nods his head at her and the camera pushes in on him. And you're you're watching a man showing affection to his girlfriend from across the room. It's amazing.
1: God, the acting was so damn good.
0: Right. Everybody should have been nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah. It still upsets me to this day.
1: It is upsetting. That
0: this movie didn't get seen more, didn't get more recognition. I mean, it's just
1: I should write Ryan Gosling a letter that just says, good job. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Truly needed that in this moment (laughs) in my life.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, because that scene with Dagmar, because at first they're experimenting they're doing some more touching but when he reveals and he doesn't even reveal it which is the amazing thing he doesn't say it dagmar is intuitive enough to say to realize that he's worried about the baby and she says you know lars we've we've learned a lot since then yeah and he says yeah but it could still happen it's still and dangerous says, he right still dangerous and she says but way less dangerous and, and it's very uncommon and he says yeah but it could still happen and he has to get up and he's roaming around the room and he has to lift the window to get cold air in, and he's taking off his sweater cuz he's overheated i mean the whole yeah. you know she has to sit next to him put her her hand on his back to calm him down yeah. and that's when like i was saying from the first frame of the movie where he's asking her to put the blanket all the way over her shoulders and all of those pieces start coming together when you realize the depth of how scared he is. And I mean, you know, Karen has a moment where she says, I guess we didn't realize that he was degrading and Gus is stubborn throughout the whole movie. But the, the, the scene, the, the, the wonderful, you know, like, golden light scene for me in this movie is when he is just talking to Karen when Gus is talking to Karen and tells her a that he thinks he's gonna love Bianca his whole life and that it's all his fault yeah it just breaks my heart every time when he's talking about we came back all fat and happy and he moved out into the garage like the fucking family dog and he he can't get the words out yeah. Oh, that's an Oscar-worthy moment.
1: It was so good and made you made your heart break for these characters because one, like you're seeing growth in this character who's been a stubborn ass the whole time, and his true regret of him not being more there for his brother, and mm-hmm. and they finally have a moment towards the end where apologizes and Lars is like it's okay great moment yeah it's okay yeah like
0: I- but he also like just a shrug of the shoulder it's okay but if you notice it's that scene where his brother says you know our mom had died dad was sad and lonely and just too much for me and I just wanted out of there and that was selfish and I'm sorry but it's that scene and the bowling scene that happened I think in succession, and that's when, like, right after the bowling scene is when Bianca starts getting sick. So it's right after his brother reaches out to him. Yeah. And right after he has this moment with, with Margot, where he actually shakes her hand with his glove off. Yeah. He allows her to touch him. And it doesn't burn and it doesn't hurt and he doesn't go crazy. And the next thing you know, Bianca's sick. Yeah. Come on. That's great shit. That was
1: good. Because if, if his brother hadn't apologized or he, if he hadn't had this moment with Margot, nothing would have changed. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, he needed that from his brother, first and foremost. And so.
0: just to see, because, you, you know, <laughs> I love that scene, too, When because it's literally right after the bowling scene. The very next scene is a outside picture of the house and, and Lars screaming frantically, wake up. Yeah. And Gus and Karen come into the room, and Karen says, Call 911.
1: <laughs> and Gus like, and, 911? And he
0: runs out. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: oh, it's amazing. It's so great.
1: <laughs> but the ambulance shows up. Yep. Yep.
0: The hospital's ready for them.
1: Yep. He gets a room. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, you know, on on the surface, you think, God, they're they're playing this up for this guy for the you know, for this doll who's not sick. She's not sick. he is. He needs help and he mm-hmm. he gets it. So I I'm just so blown away and so satisfied that they wrote, they wrote the story they did, t- they had the town and the community get behind this idea. And that was just so refreshing. I was expecting well, like the, conflict, and, you know.
0: Yeah, and and the the great thing is that there's a payoff for it too, because when word goes around town that Bianca's sick, and you see the look on people's faces yeah. when they're receiving the news, it's like a loved one dying. Is sick yeah. like a loved one's dying. Yeah, and when we started off because it was it was Mrs. Gruner who had to remind everybody in the church basement, you
2: know, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: everybody knows your first wife was a klepto.
2: <laughs>
0: no, she was not. Then why is she buried in a pair of my earrings?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: And she's like picking out all the little, you know, picadillos, picadillos of yeah. everybody in the town. And so to see how far Bianca came in, in their lives and their consciousness, and you realize that, that she's done the same for you as an audience member. Again, like just part of the magic of why this movie is, it works as well as it does yeah. for me. Yeah. Loved it. Ah, oh, god damn
1: it. And too. then, I
0: just love this movie. You
1: know, Bianca dies. I know. He, at the lake, he dies, or she dies. And then they have a funeral for her. Mm-hmm. And I everyone gets behind it. Like they bring flowers and casseroles and they're there for him. And I mean, on some level, you know, they got comfortable with this idea of Bianca, but deep down, it's still all about their love and concern for Lars and how supported he is in this community. And I just loved that.
0: Right. And I think you travel. I think this movie really helps you travel through Gus Yeah, because Gus is the one character who is in denial at first and then really pissed off. And then he starts bargaining because he's going to start bathing her. But he thinks it's ridiculous and it's stupid. And they kind of have that fight. But by the end of this movie, there's this one great little moment where uh, he opens the door to the pink room and checks in on Bianca. And it's like acceptance. And it's I mean, that was good. Come on, what more could you ask for? It's just so fucking great. I love everything about this movie, including at one point, Lars is reading to Bianca, and of course he's reading from Don Quixote, (laughs) another man with hallucinations.
1: See, I didn't catch that. Like, I had a feeling (laughs) like what he was reading was important, Uh but I didn't know.
0: That's all right, because I'm stupid. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm here to help. I know.
1: Because <laughs> I'm fucking dumb. <sighs>
0: but he is even, you know, he was so antagonistic. Gus was so antagonistic with Dagmar at the beginning and at the funeral.
1: He thanks her.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole thing just comes. And I can't. I, I, I literally could not say enough about the last moments with. Margot and Lars.
1: Yeah. And he asked her to go for a walk. uh, Oh, it's so good.
0: You don't remember the music coming in at that moment and like how perfect it was. And they both, he's looking at her and then he looks off in the distance and then they both smile. This is the beginning of the rest of their lives. It was great. Fucking goddamn it.
1: Go watch this movie. Go watch it's it. just so great. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if you've love... listened to this podcast, you've already watched it. Otherwise, we just spoiled it for you.
0: <laughs> we we so, let a lot of stuff. You're fly. bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious to see, you know, like because we're always like looking at how many people are actually listening to our episodes, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I just don't know if a lot of people know this movie and I want them to chew. I need people to know about this movie.
1: I didn't know what it was until you said it. And I was like, who the fuck? Lars and the real girls. Like, sounds fucking weird.
0: What was, so yeah, what's your, what were your first and first mostly thoughts when I said this movie before you even started watching it? Like what was your journey from beginning to end? I had
1: no idea Ryan Gosling was in it. So the, immediately, uh-huh. I'm like, you have some sort of idea of what it's going to be like. Um,
0: well, he's also so regular guy in it. Yeah. Like, he clearly, you know, wasn't chiseled.
1: No, he's just a regular guy, dude.
0: man. He just just let himself go, and you know.
1: Yeah, he's not He's not the hero. Um, you know, he's not the guy that gets the girl, unless...
0: He is the well, guy who he gets is. the girl.
1: <laughs> he gets two girls.
0: He gets two, and he is a hero, as far as I'm concerned. You know,
1: he's a hero for doing this movie because his
0: heart's so big. Like his, you know, this this guy should be our hero.
1: But I, not one, one in the like we... the stereotypical sense. Like this isn't an action no, yeah. movie. This isn't.
0: He's not going to join the Avengers.
1: No, no. <laughs> um, I just I had I had no expectations no real expectations about it whatsoever. I didn't even know that there was a doll in the movie until I started Did it. Did you
0: come in thinking I was crazy that you were? No, this was going to be,
1: I like to go in blind.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: don't like, I, cause I don't want to set my expectations here no or there because then what if I'm disappointed or, or whatever? Um, I cannot emphasize enough how not disappointed I was with this movie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Okay,
0: so we've done three teachable moments so far, right? Jaws, Mm -hmm. Midnight Run, and Lars and the Real Girl. All
1: completely different movies. Right? Couldn't be, like, no relation whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Can you rank them?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know if I... It's like (laughs) saying, like, is this orange better than this apple? And be like, they're fucking different. Um. uh Yeah. I'm going to have to... This one made me feel the best.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I guess it depends on what's going on in your life. I mean, I've said many times that Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And I've mentioned before that Shawshank is my second favorite. and But you've actually seen it. Miracle. Yeah. And <laughs> that... Midnight Run was my third favorite, but like 2007 when I saw Lars and the Real Girl, immediately I thought, this is a top five movie for me. It, it It's that good. It goes to top five, yeah. yeah.
1: Just the quality is outstanding. Um, I
0: just love it.
1: Yeah, it depends on how you're feeling. Like, what do you, you know, you're going to put in a movie, what are you looking for? What do you need from mm-hmm. this movie? So if I need to feel good, in like, comforted, I would probably watch this movie if...
0: This above all other, yeah. yeah, right.
1: Um, If I'm in the mood to listen to Robert De Niro tell somebody to shut the fuck up... Be
0: hilarious.
1: 87 <laughs> times in a movie, then, yeah, I'm going to watch Midnight Run. And then Jaws is just yeah. fantastic, period. I can't rank them. They all have right, different purposes. Fine. Coward. Uh, Cause i don't want to offend one movie or the other and i don't i don't want to feel like i'm saying one movie is less than the other
0: like if you said lars the real girl and then jaws you think steven spielberg would be off somewhere this is fucking bullshit <laughs> yeah.
1: i would feel bad for the shark like the shark's like i worked really hard on that movie and you're gonna but i
0: sank to the bottom of the ocean floor when i first started that movie <laughs> You know how hard it was for me to start working? <laughs> how dare you?
1: <laughs> Dick. But
0: let us not forget you. How dare you not have seen this movie? Am I right?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I, after I finished it, I'm like, damn, how have I never even heard of this movie? Not just watched it. Heard it, period. Didn't even know it existed.
0: You didn't know at no. all. Wow. Nope. Well, apparently, neither did anybody else, I yeah. guess. Only $5.9 million in the U.S.
1: I mean, I understand why it didn't make that much money. Because this isn't I a don't. sexy movie, you know?
0: I'm offended.
1: But it deserves much more than it got.
0: I'll say. Anything else? Do we do the... Have we done... Is there a drinking game for this movie? Have we done that for Teachable Moments?
1: Uh, I think we did it. We at least did it for Midnight Run. I think my answer was something like when Robert De Niro says, how many times did he say, shut the fuck up? God, he's so good. (laughs) Um, For this movie... (laughs) I don't know.
0: What is the good drinking game for this movie?
1: Uh, Maybe when he answers... Uh, a question from Bianca, right? I just fucking love that. He just has like full on conversations with Bianca, and then he even has arguments with her in the car. You can't talk to yeah. me like that, Lars. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I love that whole thing <laughs> when he comes home and she's going to go to the VFW, and he goes, "But we were going to play Scrabble tonight."
1: <laughs> yeah, he starts. <laughs> well, it to was get- on her
0: calendar. <laughs> Did you, did you read the calendar? No. And when he sends uh, Mrs. Gruder and, and Karen out of the room, room and they both have a look on their face. And I'll, I shouldn't have to check a schedule to play Scrabble with my girlfriend. And when she, Mrs. Gruder says, I don't like his tone.
1: Yeah. And then Karen's like, they never <laughs> fight. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> and the huge fight. Actually, we didn't talk about this, but the, you know, they, because the, he and Karen end up having a huge fight right after that when he's chopping wood. Yeah. And that's just another great piece of acting from Emily Mortimer. I just, I, you know, when she's explaining the lengths and widths with which she and Gus and this entire town has gone through to make Bianca feel as welcome as they have. And when she says like, we do it for you. uh,
1: That was great.
0: Take a drink every time your heart breaks.
1: Yeah. So like you're just continuously (laughs) drinking the whole movie and for different reasons, like your heart breaks for different reasons. Yeah. Uh,
0: It can break out of joy. It It can, you know, that's the thing It's like your heart's never breaking because of sadness in this movie. It's, it's breaking out of, Joy and you know, compassion, right. and these people who you want everybody else to be like.
1: Yeah, you just want to reach out and give Lars a hug, but he doesn't want yeah. you to hug him, so there's that. I know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, thank you for bringing this movie God into my dear. life.
0: That's what I'm here for.
1: This was great. You heard her
0: say that, everyone, right?
1: Yeah, that doesn't happen often, it's
0: recorded. Could you say that one more time, the thank you part?
1: Thank you. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> fucking
0: A. <laughs> Let me just write that down in the old diary, which I keep with me at all times in case Chu says thank you.
1: <laughs> all right. Any last words, Chu? Go watch this fucking movie. Or watch it again.
0: Those are, Those are excellent last words. Yeah. Watch this fucking movie. It. it is great. All right. That's it. Yeah. For Lady Chu from A T Fitness. E, hey, good plug. Work out with the lady. It'll be fun. Via Zoom. I'll just kill
1: you a little bit, but it's only for an hour.
0: <laughs> for Lady Chu, I am Chance from the How Dare You Awards. We're going to see you next week with a new shitty movie. Say goodbye, Chu.
1: Bye. <laughs> God. I was thinking about, oh, we have to do another (laughs) shitty movie. Fuck. That's the whole point of this job. And then my just came out and my goodbye. Bye.
0: (laughs) It was was utter despair mixed with complete boredom.
1: Because I really like the teachable moments. Like, I don't have to write notes. I can just enjoy the movie for what it is. And then, you know... I don't want to watch another shitty movie. I want to watch a good movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep them coming for you, Chew. I'll keep them coming, all right? All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good day. Good day to you, madam.